Welcome back to the podcast, Micah Sun Reflections. This interview was originally recorded with the idea that I was doing an Appalachian season podcast, and um, that project is a little bit slower getting started than I thought, at least under that name, and I've decided to just go ahead and include it here with Micah Sun Reflections. It's an interview with Aaron Pollitt and includes a few of his beautiful songs with accompaniment by his own guitar playing, as well as some discussion about the bioregion. It was recorded back about two months ago, probably August of 2018. My partner was in the room and asked me the baffling question. What is the theme of your podcast series? To which I stumbled around a lot since I was truly in the first stages of formulating what the heck I was doing with this. Well, I think you'll enjoy it anyway, and maybe it will be incentive to see what I've been doing along the way. You can check out my websites as they evolve and see what you think. Enjoy. Drop deep for a moment. Micah Sun Reflections, getting art to your ears. So this is um, a first podcast recording. With me tonight is Aaron Pollitt, who lives part-time in Indiana, in near Bloomington, and part-time in Asheville. Is that right, Aaron? Yeah, that's right. Um, you've got a guitar with you. We're sitting in a room in a community house in North Asheville. And Aaron brought a guitar, and I was wondering if there was a song you might share with us. Oh, um, yeah, I suppose I could uh, share a song to get us started this evening. Um, maybe I'll play the Little Tree song I was just playing. That's, okay. That's a cute one. said my heart is broken they reached on down to me and said now that's what I was hoping I asked it how you manage and if you feel this too it turned its face to me and said let me sing this song for you it turned its face to me and said let me sing this song for you Forgiveness is in the wind as it rustles through the leaves Love is in the water as it flows back to the sea Grace is in the soil, the roots holding to the ground The healing's in the feeling, in the touch and in the sound And the healing's in the feeling, in the touch and in the sound you can be this too if you believe So you can be this too if you believe So you can be this too if you believe So you can be this too if you believe tree 
and it sang this song for me. And I carried it on home so I could share it with my own. And I shared I did. And it goes, forgiveness is in the wind as it rustles through the leaves. Love is in the water as it flows back to the sea. Grace is in the soil, the roots holding to the ground The healing's in the feeling, in the light and in the sound The healing's in the feeling, in the light and in the sound Beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, that's one of my more recent songs. I love the gentle, heartfelt, melodic way you play guitar. Um, I'm wondering where your songs come from. What, where do you write them usually, or what inspires your music? That's a good question. Um, well, uh, usually it's some sort of uh, mood that I'm in or something I'm going through in my life that's uh, inspiring some sort of inner emotional movement. Um, and then uh, combining that with um, being, you know, in a, just a particularly creative mood and uh, beginning to play something, um, a melody that I know that uh, seems to match that tone and just starting to sing something if I feel inspired. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I get a rough shape of a song. And then I, I just work on it after that. Um, so, yeah. Maybe I'll be sitting under a tree that I'm supposed to be talking to. And, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned Luke Learning Deer. Um, he's a local teacher. Um, probably more than local, regional, or possibly national at this point. Um, can you say anything about him or his class or workshop that you were in? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Luke Learning Dare, also known as Luke Cannon, um, is one of my favorite teachers. He just is so absolutely in love with nature. And he's um, got a great skill of being able to share that with others. Uh, I've taken several of his classes. Um, He offered uh, a trees class, which was, I forget how many weeks now, eight, I think. And then uh, one, one day a week. And then another one called Forest Skills. And um, I'm currently in the Wild Leaders program, which he's also a teacher of. And that's one day a week, uh, about an eight-month program. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought I'd ask you a few um, questions I'd written up, thinking about uh, some issues in the bioregion. Um, you mentioned that you're really interested in deep ecology, and I was wondering uh, where you first heard the term. Sure. Yeah, that's, um, that's one of the things that really set me off on the whole kind of different path I found. Um, uh, 
It was actually a class back in college, uh, Indiana University, I first heard the term. In fact, that was the name of the class. Um, and I was really curious, and I had heard good things about it. Uh, and um, yeah, that, uh, that concept really opened up things for me, uh, in a, a sense, more of a spiritual sense of, wow, I am one with nature. And, you know, I'm part of this great web of life, and mm. we were all uh, coexisting and, and creating this, um, this big tapestry of all, all the beings of the world. And that they have as much right to be here as we do. And um, shifting that perspective from a dominator culture uh-huh. that is the ruler of the land to one that is in, in harmony and works with the land to uh, create a, a thriving ecosystem for all beings rather than just for humans. Well, you live part-time in Indiana, near Bloomington, and part-time here in Asheville. Um, what, what keeps you in Indiana? Oh, well... Um, I've got some family land there that I've got a stake in, and I've been uh, doing plenty of work on it, um, fruit trees and ponds and goats and things. Um, but also, I'm really uh, um, I'm still getting my roots in here, and um, I'm better at making money in Indiana than I am in Asheville yet. Mm-hmm. So that's often why I go back. Also seeing friends and family. And what keeps you in Asheville? Why, why coming here? I love it here. The, the culture here and um, the community of people that I find here, and especially also the land, um, are all my favorite reasons to be here. Um, there's people here that really inspire me, and uh, there's really more functional community situations of people living together and um, working on the land and uh, a culture of um, connecting with the earth and uh, making things together. Mm-hmm. And just generally, um, this, this amount of creativity and, and uh, cultural transformation and, uh, and healing work. You live in a community house situation or community farm right now. Can you say a little about that? Sure. Yeah, I'm currently living at Wild Spirit, and um, it's delightful. Uh, we've got a huge garden. We work together. Uh, it's on about 18 acres. There's uh, plenty of forest, and there's a big community house. Though I have my own little cabin that I built, and um, I'm staying in there. Uh, today we are just uh, working on uh, hopefully putting in a new pond. Um, that's something that'd be really helpful for the land. It's just delightful for me to be involved in a project like that. Uh, that's one of my passions: is working on land with other people to create uh, mm-hmm. something that's that's really um, vibrant and diverse and has mm-hmm. lots of food and good ecosystems. And, uh, so yeah. And also just the community dy- dynamics of, um, being all together is something that's really fun for me. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of inspiration from, uh, people trying to live that way. Hmm. Yeah. That's uh, similar to a lot of situations I've lived in where you're working together with a larger than average number of people who maybe aren't necessarily related and trying to maybe come up with a vision together or just learn how to get along. Um, Do you have any lessons or insights from living that way in a communal situation or a community house or land? Well, uh, sure. It's, um, it can certainly be challenging and it's difficult when um, there isn't, an ownership of the land, which is currently something that Wild Spirit is 
um, facing is that they don't, we don't own the land that we're on. It's a rental situation. We want to own it. And, uh, hopefully one day that's something that can happen for wild spirit. Um, and either, you know, there's a lot of obstacles to being in community. Uh, I think that some of the greatest things, um, that I've learned are the skills of communication and, and patience and, uh, how to live in community on more of the social level and the understanding level of being in all these relationships with these people that you're living in close proximity with. Um, and, and you know, humbling oneself and being able to uh, really be kind and patient and caring of one another. And uh, it's a good way to learn about oneself. One of the best ways, actually. Hmm. Can you say more about that? Well, Sure. Uh, I think that we as people are mirrors to one another and how we are being in the world. And if that's in a good way, we'll get that reflected to us. And if it's not, then we'll get, um, reflected to us, you know, the, uh, pointed out to us, you know, how we could change or how we're causing a problem. Hmm. So it's, uh, it's a best way to learn how to be a good person mm-hmm. is to, be with people and have them show you what's, uh, you know, how to respect each other's boundaries and things like that. So other people serve as reflections for us and our, in our growth. And that comes through living together as well as the maybe common way. A lot of people do is as having a, a significant partner, particular single other person that, that is their, their primary growth partner in life. Right. Yeah. Like having, you know, being in a significant relationship, mm-hmm. except for it's with a, a community, um, instead of just an individual. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, there are differences, but, um, similar. Well, I've seen you at a couple different regional gatherings. The last time you came by the house here, I remember you had a frame drum with you. You had tools. Um, you had, recording devices and your guitar and you were headed to an earth skills gathering in northern florida which happens every year um you were going there to teach yeah. frame drum making right yeah that's mm-hmm. true yeah um i got to be a teacher at florida earth skills this year which was really a pleasure for me uh i taught two classes one was making frame drums so I, I called them hoop drums and the other one was uh, activism burnout recovery activism burnout recovery yeah that was a really great class too both the classes went wonderfully and um the frame drums were really pretty and uh the activism burnout class uh seemed to be really useful i got a lot of good feedback from both of them now i know there's a quite a bit of protest going on in the country but from standing rock to the women's march to the other protests that have been going on in the area um there's uh, there's a lot of activism, a lot of nonprofits working for change, trying to stop the incessant building of pipelines that are a couple of which are heading down the east coast of the east coast of the, our country um, right now in in process for permitting and now construction. Um, what what insights do you have for activists for people who care about the world and are putting themselves in in potentially stressful situations, whether at work or without reach or 
on the front lines of action in terms of self-care and and how to deal with the the burnout that you're that you're addressing yeah um well you know thanking them for one uh for being out there and uh helping to be part of a movement to protect our world from the destructive forces that are in it um but uh to you know uh we we do burn out and we sometimes give up on wanting to be part of these movements because it's so difficult and we so often end up losing uh, though there are certainly victories, and that's such a you know, great thing to be able to celebrate, but it, it is a difficult path to be an activist, uh, to change the status quo from such a momentous and giant system. Um, so we do need to take breaks mm-hmm. and to recultivate those inner resources that are what really allow us to be out there and giving of ourselves. And uh, I've heard it said before, like it being being a, a, the tool. Uh, that's that's used in the garden you know sometimes mm-hmm. you need to go and and be sharpened and uh, take a break and other times uh, when you're sharp and ready you can be working but you don't want to you know take a break for too long and be over sharpened that's not useful and you don't want to work for too long and uh, be dulled and unuseful um, but what I said about those inner resources uh, what is it that propels us or inspires us or is the passion that um, we have to do that kind of work to that selfless work of putting ourselves in the way of uh, this uh, of the system and trying to change it you know whether that's through direct protest or something entirely different like just trying to start a small organic farm mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah tapping into what it is that we really care about you know why are we doing it how does music work into that for you? Well, music for me is one of the greatest carriers of, uh, of meaning and uh, emotion and message. Uh, You're working on an album, right? That's true. Is that yeah. true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working on a CD. It's hopefully going to be done sometime in the next few months. <laughs> is there any way to be in touch with you about CD copies or do you have a website up or any kickstarters or is this kind of a just as you go personal project ah that's that's great i would love to answer that question with a great answer like yes check out my kickstarter no i haven't gotten my kickstarter up yet um i do plan to but i haven't yet um you can contact me at aaron in the wind at gmail.com aaron in the wind at gmail.com yeah we're talking with aaron pollitt part-time resident near Bloomington, Indiana, part-time here in Asheville, a teacher, musician, and philosopher. Do you have any other songs you could play for us? I'd love to hear another one. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, um, I know you mentioned Sister Rain earlier. Uh, I'd be happy to play that one. Um, love Love to hear it. All right, great.
Sister Rain, will you love me again? Sister Rain, will you love me again? And send it down to the ground to let it all soak in. Send it down to the ground to let it all soak in. Mountain streams, life is more than it seems. Mountain streams, life is more than it seems. The holy daughter in the water that connects all living things. The holy daughter is the water that connects all living things. Sister River, will you carry me, Sister River? Down through the valley, down to that place of peace. Pass the town through the valley, down to that place of peace. To Mother Ocean, will you? Mother Ocean, I hear you calling me. Mother Ocean, I hear you calling me. And you are the one. You are the greatest. The source of all living things, you are the one. You are the greatest. The source of all living things, but Sister Rain, will you love me again? Sister Rain, will you love me again? Sister Rain, will you love me again? And send it down to the ground to let it all soak in. Send it down to the ground to let it all soak in. daughter of the water, source of all living things. The holy daughter is the water that connects all living things. Connects all living things. Mm. Mm. Yeah, not my best uh, best performance, but uh, it'll do. Thanks. Well, there's another festival that you've been a part of in the past, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, Singing Alive, oh, Appalachia. Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. Um, can you paint a picture for us of what Singing Alive looks like, this festival gathering for three days in the summer in the mountains? Sure, we can try. Um, I've actually only been to one, uh, but I'm really looking forward to going again this year. Uh, it was so sweet, such a sweet gathering. Uh, these tents and pavilions set up and uh, going and uh, finding myself in a song circle almost immediately. Uh, and different workshops, um, mostly to do with song, but some to do with other topics, um, you know, yoga, or there's, there's also a grief ceremony. And, uh, there's just such, uh, that, that feeling of, uh, of welcomeness and, and healing from that music. Uh, I think that the, the, the gathering really takes music and uses it in a different way, um, not so much just for entertainment, but 
really tries to bring out and find the power in music to, to really, you know, really move the human spirit and do mm-hmm. good works within us. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you mentioned, you mentioned grief ceremony. Um, what is a grief ceremony? Oh, well, uh, right. Grief is something that maybe has been a bit suppressed in this culture. We sometimes think of it as like negative or not good. You know, we're supposed to be joyful or we should be joyful. But but really, grief is essential. It's it's one of the most important uh, human expressions. And... um, a grief ceremony is something where a community can come together, a group of people can come together to uh, have space held in a you know, really safe and uh, good container, to share grief, um, to be sad, uh, to tell our stories, and to, um, yeah, just have a release around that and to feel like it's, it's okay and to help create that culture of grieving together is good and it's really good for us. It's, it's healing. Is it uh, scary to grieve with people? What's your What's your sense of people's experience? Is there a a resistance there, or um, is it easy? That's, how's the How does that How does that flow in a in a ceremony? I think that it really varies from person to person. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, it can be scary, uh, but it, it also can be so refreshing to see other people. Um, you know, feeling brave enough to share their their grief, and to know that it's okay, uh, you know, to be allowed to be sad because there's so much to be sad about in the world. You know, if we let ourselves uh, look at those things, mm-hmm. uh, it reminds me of maybe that's one way of of addressing the burnout we were talking about earlier. It is mm-hmm. yes, um, taking time to to grieve the losses of our world. You know, whether it's the number of species that are lost or the um, the uh, the end of a particular movement and uh, like not having success in that, um, or the changing of a political system to be even more oppressive than it was. Um, yeah, it, it's important. It's a really good release for us, and uh, you know that grief that's held within the body can um, be you know manifest as as stress and illness within us. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I guess to pull out to a broader view, um, just a, a sort of a, a fantasy of the future, um, what's your take on the future of the world? What, what direction do you think society's really headed across the globe over the next, say, 200 years? Hmm. Well, uh, there's, there's two answers I have to that. There's what I want to see, and then there's what I think might be more likely um which is one of the best reasons for grief ceremony (laughs) (laughs) of course you know i live um in situations that that give me hope so uh, i don't always see as much of the destruction as you know some other people might um i'm living in a permaculture community and uh we're doing our best to create you know a harmonious situation for humans and land and it's really sweet but um, also, I know about the destruction that's going on, and uh, I really am concerned about the, the future of our world. Um, you know, the amount of plastic in the ocean, uh, the melting of um, the 
polar ice caps and the destruction of habitat and species. Um, there's, there's so many things that for me point to an, an unraveling to, um, a, a degrading of, of the light support, life support systems of our planet. And, um, I'm also seeing humanity as a whole, you know, there's largely still this, this, you know, barreling into the future and, and consuming and, um, not holding the world as a sacred place that needs to be really, you know, cared for and revered as, uh, this, this just amazing gem in the universe. Mm. Um, so I would love to see this incredible movement that just sweeps humanity and, and lets us transform into stewards of our world and live in harmony with one another and with the land and, and you know, give up on this whole narcissism of uh, we're the best and we're the dominators and uh, we will consume, consume. And, and it brings us back to our much more you know, joyful and healthier roots of, of living in communion with each other and with the land. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'd hope for, um, but it's not necessarily what I expect. If you could project that positive vision, that best case scenario, what you truly in your heart would hope for, if you could project it into the future 1,500 years, 1,500 years from now, what could you really see our planet looking like if we were living in this good way? Wow. Um, There's been, you know, some good thoughts and books about that kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's great to think about because I, I think there's so much potential for humanity to live with, uh, to live on earth. You know, um, my goodness. Uh, well, there's how would a... our government look or how would our, how would our relationships look? What kind of living situations would we be in? How would we relate to the land, literal land that we're living on? I'm not sure I'm going to have great answers. This is a big topic and not one I put a lot of thought into having ready answers for. But um, I would hope that we would have respect for the different beings in the world, uh, that they would be given space. You know, there's there's that concept of um, returning what 90% of the, the Earth's surface to uh, wildlife reserves. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Um, but maybe, I, I don't know if it's practical, you know, uh, with so much uh, humanity's influence everywhere. Um, I would like people to be largely living in um, situations where they are in touch with uh, the world that's growing around them, uh, the food that's produced, you know, immediately there, and um, the medicine. But I, I have no idea what things are, what we're going to come up with. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. we are so creative. And I, I would just like to see the shift in perspective. If we can, as a whole of the consciousness of humanity, return or simply, or, or just turn to the perspective of, of our world is, is sacred and uh, we are part of a web of life, interconnected in it and not its ruler, uh, I, I am just fascinated about what will happen and what will change. It's, mm. it's such uh, incredible possibilities. Thanks. Well, I'm wondering if you have another song you'd be happy to share. 
Sure. Yeah. There's. Um, I wish I was a tree. Is sweet and sappy love song. Can you do two? Can you do I wish I was a tree, and then brother bear? Yeah. Would that I be can, all right? I can do more than one. That's fine. That'd be great. Touched by our falling leaves 
That was beautiful. Thank you. Aaron Pollitt, I wish I was a tree. Can you do Brother Bear now? Yeah. Thanks. Sorry, I'm a bit out of practice. A little rusty, but uh, doing okay. Ah, yeah. This uh, this is a sweet song. Um, All sorts of different beings in this one. I wrote it uh, in the hot spring uh, in a canyon out west. Sister dear, sister dear, teach me how. Sister dear, sister dear, teach me how to face my fears. Sister dear, sister dear, teach me how. me. 
my face and feel me shiver Grandmother River, Grandmother River Touch my face Grandmother River, Grandmother River Touch my face and feel me shiver Grandmother River, Grandmother River Touch my face Grandfather Stone, Grandfather Stone Paved the way back to my home Grandfather Stone, Grandfather Stone Paved the way Grandfather Stone, Grandfather Stone, paved the way back to my home. Grandfather Stone, Grandfather Stone, paved the way. Grandmother Moon, Grandmother Moon, I hope I can see you soon. Grandmother Moon, Grandmother Moon, turn your face. Grandmother Moon, Grandmother Moon, hope I can see you soon. Grandmother Moon, Grandmother Moon, turn your face. Grandfather tree, grandfather tree, always in your memory. Grandfather tree, grandfather tree, don't forget me. Grandfather tree, grandfather tree, always in your memory. Grandfather tree, grandfather tree, don't forget me. so much, Aaron. Really appreciate hearing you sing and play. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. We're with Aaron Pollitt today, um, wrapping up our first podcast of Appalachian season. 
He's a philosopher, musician, and teacher who lives part-time near Bloomington, Indiana, part-time here in Asheville, North Carolina. Is there anything before we go that you'd like to say, anything that's on your mind that hasn't been spoken yet? Um, well, I uh, just want to thank you for holding this podcast. Um, uh, I think there's a lot of really great things happening in, uh, in this particular part of the world. Uh, yeah. And good things to be shared music and community and uh, connection to nature. So, uh, I look forward to hearing more. Well, it's been a real pleasure having you and a lot of fun recording this podcast together. So once again, thanks. And We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, loyal followers. You can find me on Instagram at MicahSunReflections, or if you go onto Patreon.com and search MicahSun, M-I-C-A-S-U-N, I'm elsewhere on the web as well. Please tune in again. Please subscribe and please like, if you do, and rate this on whatever your podcast feed is. Thanks so much.